welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And me, the communications officer, Commu- Sam. Communications officer. Why Interesting not? one. <laughs> so does that mean you deal with all our... No, I deal with certain... Commu- I'm the communications uh, officer, so I delegate tasks to the staff. Right, I being see. Being you. Okay. I, so <laughs> I thought for a second there you were going to do all our media contact stuff no. there and... No, I'm stupid. Take a load of... Uh, <laughs> take a load of effort Don't off be stupid. And, yeah, okay, cool. Anyway... Um, while Sam is not doing communications as the communications liaison that he is. Officer. Yes, there we go. Officer. It's all about delegating. Uh, I thought we'd do this podcast on video games. Wait, well, not, not okay. a whole podcast on video games, but whether video games that are you know, racing type games can make you a better driver or whether they give you sort of an artificial feeling of what driving is like right. that then doesn't actually turn out in the real world i'm not talking about playing grand theft auto where you might just spin a car around and it's not going to be realistic for the road i'm talking about when we were growing up sim racing was sort of very early forza forza came out and that was sort of saying we're a simulation Mm -hmm. Uh, gran turismo was coming out and they were saying we're we're sort of simulating a real car so those were the only two now obviously you have sort of formula one and you have a an array of other lesser known titles that say yes we're trying to do sim have you got a list no no because <laughs> the thing is i could mention a lot of other ones but then i kind of think well if people are actually doing sim racing they're doing forza mm-hmm. they're doing i don't know i've not played the new forza now because it's now forza horizon isn't it? well forza horizon is the is the like modified arcadey but do they still do forza i think they still do a proper forza oh okay then they still do a, gra- a gran turismo yeah, and the other one which you always see people online racing is, oh, it's not Project Cars. Hold on, I shall um, I'll find out the title name for it. And it, but this is more, I think, PC. Right. Okay. There's... I think people move into PC gaming now because I think for a lot of people, if you want to do proper simulation stuff, you do go PC wise. Because if you want to do aviation games, it's yep. PC. I assume. All the other sort. I mean, you can get simulation games for everything. Did you know you can get a lawn mowing game now? There's a lawn mowing. Genuinely, I think you sent it to me, didn't you? Genuinely, Maybe. I think I saw this on a. You know, when you get YouTube recommends what yeah, you yeah. should watch. I'm pretty sure I saw this because I. Watched... So someone's streaming themselves playing a lawn mowing game. I mean, which is hilarious. I know you can do a bus simulator. You can do a truck truck one. I've seen yeah, a lot of the truck, truck ones. ones. Very popular because it's sort of big open world and you can go off into the middle of Alaska. And I think people right, like okay. that. But. As, as much as the, the we know the aviation ones are very big they have their own following and people put full simulators in their yeah. house um yeah you can do all these sort of stuff now and gardening I, I remember seeing that i was like so this person is just trying to live sam's life could you imagine if there was one where it was just gardening it wasn't just lawn mowing, but it was like just oh, gardening so you're just watching you have to go around and plant some bulbs and then you have to cultivate them and take someone cuttings. trimming a hedge <laughs> yeah. yeah oh a hedge cutting would be all right that would be much more um much more interesting than planting bulbs i think yeah, well, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about gardening, really. This is all your expertise. <laughs> this is what I, I, if you ever come to the Miles Driven and think, God, I really need to know a bit about gardening. That's Sam's podcast. That is send yeah. in your request, and it will just be me nodding along instead of Sam sort of going, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like uh, that, like that one where we did about the scarifying, where yes. it was just me talking. Yeah. Uh, eye racing is the other big oh, okay. one. Um, that people and. I think you can connect that one up to, uh, you know, you can have these sort of 3D. Oh, the VR headset. VR, yeah. 
uh, like a, like an Oculus or something like that. Yeah. Um, so people have the racing seat and everything else. I've yeah. just been blinding Sam with the lights. I've, I've turned it off for him. It's okay. Oh, it was <laughs> so slick as well. Uh, it was very slick, yeah. I just could see you finally adjusting <laughs> to the room. Um, so between these three, we would have grown up with a controller pad. That's how this all started. You know, you had a PlayStation yeah. 1. I think an... I had a PS1 was the first one I had. Was it PS1 or was it PlayStation Well, there was a 1? PlayStation. Then yeah. there was a PS1, which was like the small one. When oh, yes. A okay, little yeah. mini one. I started yeah. off with that with abe's odyssey was that a racing game no <laughs> uh no there was, was one it was a sort of racing game i can't remember what it was called though wipe uh no it wasn't Wipeout. i had it... destruction derby that was a good game i think that was on the Did ps2 though you much about driving on the road or no driving skills at all uh it taught me how to crash well right okay and how to batter other people off the track which was the the aim of the game well if anyone's seen sam's driving then they know where he gets it from yeah <laughs> no i think the the first game that for me that was like that was on which would have been forza which was xbox 360 yes in the in the early days did you not have gran turismo oh yes i had gran turismo on the, on two, the playstation maybe yeah that's Might where it started two. for me yeah well, that's where a lot of people if um some people who aren't big into cars but have played racing games know the Skyline R34 GTR. Yeah. Because it was like the halo car of that Gran Turismo series. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was, oh, the, okay. it was the one that you all, everyone wanted to get the GTR because yeah. the GTR was really fast and you could beat loads and loads of stuff and it turned really well. Um, but the, you always were looking at the back of the car because most people played it in that third person. Yeah, normal, normal people. Yeah. How normal people play racing yeah. games, not like you. No, I try and be behind the windscreen as best yeah. I can So because I feel that simulates it more. But, of course, it takes away your peripheral. Yeah, so you don't know when the car's stepping out. No. but you Well, you do get a feel for it, but the car has you already don't. stepped out <laughs> as, as you're doing it. So you, But then again, when you're doing it third person, and this is part of what I wanted to talk about, yeah. whether it teaches you a lot, because... If you are doing third person, when you're driving a car, you're never seeing it from behind the car. No, but you'd feel it and you'd see it more because you'd be looking in your mirrors and stuff. So this it, it a, won't replicate it the same in the game. This is a good one to start off, actually. From camera view, and people who are listening, they can let us know on the usual sort of... Some people are switched off. Yeah, because they're like, <laughs> I've never played a video game in my life. But, um, but they can let us know what they play it with because I always felt that if I was... Either, I think in newer ones, you can be behind the windscreen... Back in the day, it was like just a fill, filled screen. It was like the camera was yes. on the front bumper. Yeah, it was, yeah. But that, for me, made it feel more real, if I could put it that way. And you're adjusting, as you would do, from the driver's seat. Because you're not behind the car, looking at the car going into a corner to judge it. You're at the front of the car, judging it going into the corner without the benefit of being able to see your exact road position yeah. from a third-person view. Now, Sam always likes being in the third-person view, which I find easier. Oh, you may okay. disagree. The excuses have begun. Well, no, just because you can <laughs> position the car from a third-person. You can say, I can put that wheel exactly there, like on the yeah, edge yeah. of this corner to then get the apex perfect. But you will never get that benefit when you're sat in a car because you can never see your front wheel unless you're an open racer. No, a, that's fair. So you have to get the feel of the position. And this is where one of, that's one of those aspects for me where gaming doesn't transition to the road because i feel you can position a car ever slightly better if you're playing a game and if you're third person behind the car watching it yeah as it goes into a corner so to yeah, me it would fair. be easier yeah but it's just your excuses for not winning games here we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> um 
next so the next part of it is whether it would make us i mean i, I don't know let's say if it's camera and there's people can let us know but if it's camera i always preferred to make it from what i feel more difficult for myself i think i could get used to doing it the way you do it i just like looking at the car while i'm racing yeah yeah <laughs> i don't yeah um, yeah so do i it's just a case of i suppose it's because when i was however old i was like 10 or 12 when these when the very first ones came out it was as close as i was looking to driving well this is what i'm saying so the, the games before we're talking about the proper simulation games more mm. the arcade driving games we had were need for speed need for speed yeah project no, so, gotham so just quickly need for speed i would play it third person yeah because i thought there was nothing to be gained from yeah. being behind the so but if you're talking about those was project gotham more simulator than mm, arcade? i think you'd claim so because you had it yeah i had project gotham and then midnight club Oh, Midnight Club was heroic. But Loved then that, that they game. were all about modifying cars. So you'd obviously do it in third person yes. because you'd spent all your time making this car. There's no yeah. point not looking at it. And they weren't trying to simulate. Uh, do you not think? I mean. Wait, in Midnight Club, when you sort of went up the ramps and you were flying over the tops of buildings, you didn't think. Firing NOS yeah. to get higher <laughs> yeah. off the ramp. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just not a transitionable road do you not think? skill. Then I just haven't been driving down a high street many times and there's a ramp <laughs> and I've got NOS and someone said, yeah, go for it. If you can did make they, that jump. Did they ever make a Fast and Furious game? They. If so, why didn't we own it? And if not, why haven't they? Right, I think they did. Right, okay. Uh, I had a Fast and Furious game on my phone years and years ago. Of course. But I think, I'll double check it now, but I think they actually did release. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be one of the newer ones. It wouldn't have been. Well, so I'm just wondering, like, like the original Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Two, especially Tokyo Drift. I mean, that lends itself to a to a computer yeah, game. Definitely. Like, there's no tomorrow. You just what was unbelievable for those is the Fast and Furious were releasing the films. Yeah, Midnight Club were releasing the car games. Yes, and Fast and Furious never thought. Well, hold on, well, let's do a collab I think with it was them. Rockstar. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, and they did dub edition and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. It would they they could have gone. Hold on a minute. The market of people watching our films play this game are, are also <laughs> video gamers because they're young and they're buying this game. Why don't we just release our own? Because I mean, I would have bought that straight away. Yeah, or they could do a collab. You just have a special edition that costs an extra 20 quid more. Oh, yeah, because that's You'd what have it, paid it. Everyone was doing that, like yeah. trying to make their Supra, you know, the right shade of orange and yes. put the right yeah, decal yeah. on the side of it. Or having the skyline getting the right shade of, sh right shade of silver yeah, and with the, the right blue, blue, uh, the vinyl blue going down the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Sam. I'm just going to have a quick look to see if there was. I know, I've tried to fill for you, but what you did instead of just letting me fill, you answered what I was talking about. So I ran out of filling content really? because you kept replying to things that I was saying when I was just going to have a. I was going to talk for a minute or two while you yeah. Googled what you were looking Fast for. Fast and Furious Crossroads. It was out on Xbox. Okay, that I, sounds awful. Uh, <laughs> sounds awful. <laughs> well, it does. Crossroads? What reference has that got? I don't know. I, I guess they would have made it like a mission type game. Right, okay. So Wait, it's like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah, kind of. Grand Theft Auto could teach you stuff about driving. Because if um, you were really bored, yeah, and you had the cheat codes back in the PlayStation days, like yeah. PS2 days, yeah, you could unlock the whole map. Yeah, have unlimited money and ammo, and you could just you could just drive normally. Oh, like right. you'd stop at lights. Yeah, and all this because sort you're of stuff. in a real world. Do then you, know you have what? to concentrate. Uh, aside from the fact that and we're, I know we're talking about simulating, yeah, simulators, but from a real world experience, there are very few games that where where you could actually try and be a regular person for the day. Yeah. 
and sort of stopping traffic and stuff. That's why I liked when Forza started to have a bit of driving about and then they just went a bit too far the other way with the Horizon games, I think. Yeah, I think it's because they were trying to capture another market of making it a bit more... Yeah, but they could have um, combined both and made a simulator game where you could just drive around. Need for, think, Need for Speed was good in that way because you could drive around, but that was a sim. That wasn't a simulator game. No, I think Horizon does still lend itself to being simulator style. Yeah, um, because they when they released the seasons, the actual the way it, the way the car handles on the roads is is different whether you're in autumn or winter or right, summer okay. or stuff like that. Um, so what I was going to talk about is if we stick to the early ones, I remember hearing I think it was on a Top Gear episode. Someone said they learnt the Nordschleife. What's the Nurburgring right. track okay. on their PlayStation because it was on like one of the early Gran Turismo games. Yeah. So they just learnt the, the corners of the track. But they said the problem was you don't learn all the sort of dips and bumps and a lot of the things that are very real where in the game you could probably keep your keep the throttle down. Yeah. Which you can't in real life. Because, well, I mean, you could, but you'd be very brave or have to be a sort of racing uh, driver talented to get away with which the majority of people yeah. who've just taken their car there for the day uh, are not as many youtube videos will prove yeah. <laughs> um i i think it i learned it quite well on forza 2 I the track or, or driving in general um that that particular track i used to do all the time yeah yeah on that i have to say i've never been to the nervo track but or the the Norseleif track yeah. as the full one rather than the, the grand Tri- uh, the grand prix circuit but i still if someone put me on that track now in a car and said, off you go, in my head, because I've done it so many times on a computer game, yeah. I probably wouldn't remember all 100 and whatever corners are. Often. No, but if you played it for 20 minutes before you went, you probably would do. Yeah, and even if you didn't give me that, I could still get myself through quite a bit of it without, like, with a fair bit of confidence yeah. of, oh, I know, no, I know this has got a kink coming up just in a minute, so I better start getting on the brakes rather than just going 100 mile an hour. I just remember I used to start at the end of one lap because there's the massive long straight. I just used to yes. do up my cars and then see how fast I could get them going down the street. Yes. <laughs> Doing on the straight. Sam's really. And then much... crash into a barrier at the other end. Yeah, just trying <laughs> to get another last mile per hour yeah. out of the car. Yeah. See, Sam pretends he's not a massive muscle car American who just wants <laughs> to do straight line races and then he tells you that. And the one of the most Yeah, but I was using stuff like Koenigseggs and Ferraris well, to yeah, do that's it. True. So. Um just a quick side bit of news. I think I messaged you this in the week. You know Koenigsegg? Yes. Their new car. You mentioned yeah. it in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this manual gearbox? Uh, from you, yes. Yeah. So you can do an update on it. Do you want, do you want to tell everyone what it is? No, because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming with a nine-speed automatic automatic gearbox. So yeah, paddle shifters and go up and down the gearbox. Nine gears. Mm-hmm. However, so that's if you're going through town or you're cruising along and you don't want to have a manual. And then you say to yourself, I would really right now like to have a manual gearbox for whatever reason. You're on a good road. You're on a track whatever you can then tell the car i want you to be manual it always has a clutch pedal and it it makes nine six of the nine gears available through a regular sort of stick shift manual h pattern manual in the center of the car so you can this is the first car that's ever done that where you can transition fully from manual to complete sort of paddle shifter there's other ones where... But obviously the, the, the manual's only got five. Six. Six. Six gears. So Of the nine. So does it just select... It selects six where of the you nine are. gears. No, no. Right. So I think it pre-selects them. So okay. say, for example, 
Ninth, I'm assuming ninth is just an overdrive gear in this yeah, car, yeah. which will be for emissions or whatever else, mm -hmm. or probably for top speed. Yeah. So it would probably say, well, you're not, you don't want ninth, but you probably want first gear still. Uh, you probably still want second. Then you would probably switch up into fourth. Yeah. If you were looking at the nine, and then possibly into say fifth, and then seventh, seventh and eighth, and then either eighth or ninth, depending on what they do with it. I would assume they would sort of cut off ninth if it is to do top speed because they would say most people that are doing a top speed run probably yeah they don't want the ninth gear they don't want to do it on the manual they've got history of doing things like this though oh they have with yeah. the regera which has yeah, only, yeah. only had one gear yeah yeah they've got they've got good form it's just i don't know how this guy he must sleep and just dreaming about cogs in his head and then wake up and go no one has because it's one of those things that no one was asking yeah. for it no one said i don't suppose you could do this it's so he's had to wake up in the morning go to the office and say, do you know what I'm thinking? And have a load of engineers go, no one else. <laughs> no, I don't know what yeah. you're thinking. <laughs> no one else was asking this question. You've answered it. And all of a sudden, I'm sure there's a load of millionaires that have gone, I need this in my life. Like, but need. <laughs> if, you, if you take the Regera, which is the one that's got one gear. So it's a one, it's a one, one, isn't it? That's yeah. how they, and it's, it's not as simple. But as, you don't, as the driver, you get in it and you drive. Yes. But it's got a top speed of 256 miles an yeah. hour. And it does not 60 in like 2.8 seconds. Yeah, this is why... With I... what, when you don't have to worry about changing gear at all. At all, no. The only thing with that is... I that... know the science is more complicated, but what I'm saying yeah, is yeah. you can get in that car, yeah, yeah, no, you I can do a not 60 in under 3 seconds, yeah. you can do over 250 miles an hour, and yeah. you don't have to change gear ever. Yeah, it's, it's Or you can drive to the it? shop. I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. some electric car owners who will be like, well, my car does that. But actually... You yeah, your car you... won't do 250 no, miles an hour. <laughs> and interestingly, uh, I had to do an article about this a while ago, that if you buy... So if you buy a Tesla, yeah, it's a single gear. If you buy a Porsche Taycan or the Audi uh, e-tron GT, mm -hmm. or the Audi GT e-tron, whichever way you want to put it around. I can't remember what, which I way. I think it's an e-tron GT. There you go. Um, they have a two-speed. Okay. However, the... From what I understand, it's not working as we imagine a mechanical gearbox, a gearbox for a mechanical yeah, yeah. engine is working. But it does have two speeds, and it's so it can maintain higher up or higher speed mm. at less stress. Right, I remember okay. someone who really knew this talking to me about it, and it was really interesting. But I'll so interesting it. that you've forgotten it. No, it's just, it's so <laughs> it's one of those things. Unless you understand the sort of um, oh, what's that, the nuances. Okay, you need to know like, all the ins and outs of it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and if you get one bit wrong, then your whole explanation is going to be wrong. And I don't want to do that on the podcast. No, so that's I fair. might, I might yeah, yeah. brush up on it and I'll do it in a different podcast. But going back to the computer game thing, I so I certainly think for learning a track that, and we're sticking with just the early simulators. We'll come on to the later ones, sort of uh, to twenty fifteen onwards in a minute. Okay, but we'll just do the early ones for now. I think their benefit was really in learning a track. And if you're a kid, they did teach you something about how to drive. Because okay. certainly when I, when I learned to then drive, none of it, like the fact that the accelerator pedal makes a car go, if that's the first time you've ever done that in your life, like <laughs> yeah. as a, you know, someone who's never, not interested in cars at all, they go to a driving test, or they drive, sorry, they do their first lesson, they put their foot on, on the throttle and the car moves. That yeah. would be an odd experience. And it, the first time you do it is an odd experience just because it's quite everything you've done up to that point in your life as a child yeah, yeah. to make something move needed effort 
Like if you wanted a bike yeah. to move, a push bike, you have to you, pedal. You have and to the pedal. faster you pedal, the better it goes. Yeah, the same with a skateboard and everything else. Whereas this, you move your ankle, you start moving. Yeah. It's quite remarkable the first time you do it. But if you've got used to how a computer game works and you've got a steering wheel and pedals, then it doesn't, you know, you, you, you're sort of already in the mindset of, I know as I press this and I break here, we are going to go, you, you, the sensations are new. Yeah. But at least you're, you've sort of got a one-up, if you like. Yeah. It's a bit like if you do, um, when we used to do uh, physical education school, PE, mm -hmm. the fact that we were already playing sports in other yeah. ways meant that we were always going to get high marks from our teacher because it's like, well, we play for the team or... Yeah, you, yeah, know, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Or I go home and run around lakes. And... Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Or you know the rules of the... Like, a big yeah. thing. If you know the rules of the game... You've got to step up on everyone else. Yeah, who's sort of who's like, wandering around going, why can't I just stand on the goal line? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and this is why we'd suffer a little bit when we played less, like if we played netball. Yeah, or cricket. Uh, or cricket, even rugby okay to an extent. Them. Yeah, but those... But at that age. When we we'd, we'd go home them. and play football. Yeah, so you know all the, all the rules. And we knew how to run. Hockey, <laughs> I think, actually. I think we knew all the rules because it was fairly simple. I think hockey was quite big at our school as well. Like a lot of people played yeah, it. Yeah, so. they did. So... Um, Weirdly, considering we were a state school. Yeah, just where <laughs> we were. It's a very private know. school yeah. thing to do. Uh, and obviously track. Well, it's just running. Um, you were never very good at that. No, I, w I wasn't bad at like high jump. Or you, did, you did jump. the 100 metres once, didn't you? Yeah. What was your time? Like a minute. <laughs> I was crawling. I should let people know. I'm not. not <laughs> I, I could have done it faster. I, I think I was probably slightly more leaning towards that than you. Yes. Maybe I was slightly more... I got pretty, into it. I got pretty good at running once in my life, and it was because yeah. all my friends, I sort of you and our other friends, are good runners. Yeah. Particularly, you two were good sprinters. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was always very long and gangly growing up. I, it was only as I got to an adult size that then my body sort of caught up with what I'd grown into. Yeah. And at that point, then I could actually run without dying, <laughs> <laughs> without being sort of out of sync. Yeah, that was always whereas now you can't run at all, really, without, no, without dying. I run every day. So how, how long? Oh, at the gym on a treadmill for like a few minutes, <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> I can keep myself <laughs> in some level of fit. I did cross country for a while. You did, yeah, I know. This is very separate to our... Which it, it was odd, because I could do both. As in, I was reasonable at cross country, distance. but I was quite good at the 100 metres. I know, it was. you were quite interesting in that way, in the way that some people are sprinters, some people are long distance, yeah. and you seem to be able to be... You probably weren't... The best at both, but you were very no. good at both. No, I think I did the 100 metres in like 11.36 or something, which isn't yeah. bad, but it's not quick. It's not well, as it's quick, but it's not super quick. It's not as probably as, as good as your... Because you did cross-country at sort of competitive... Like, you actually would Reasonably, go and compete yeah. it. So that was, whereas you never competed in sprinting. But you no, because we had people at our school that were faster. So. Yeah. Um, funny enough, our friend was just lightning quick. Despite yeah. the fact that he probably wasn't a long distance. Actually, I don't even think his long distance was too bad. No. Anyway, back to driving. Yeah. Apart from <laughs> I don't driving. know how we got there. But... But, no, well, but that's it. When, if you were talking about being a child, these were the things you did. So the idea of driving yeah. would be very alien when you're sort of 17, 18, whatever age you were when you first started driving a car, learning to drive. And I think that's where the simulators gave me at least a little bit of a leg up. But yeah. of course, when you're racing a car and when you're learning to drive on the road, there's a disconnect. Uh, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Then I would say a bit later on, this got a bit more serious. Right. So if we look at 2012, 13, 14, I'd say those are the development years for racing games becoming... Like they map the tracks out with lasers. Yeah. They simulate the car as close as can be. Like they'll take a car around a track. They'll look at what times it can realistically do. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll feed a lot of data in about... And there was a game, I can't remember what year it would have been, but we were maybe early 20s, maybe. Right. And I remember that game coming out. I think it was a... I think it you was probably it, so Forza. It was probably a Forza game. And it came out, and they, and they had said when they released it, this is a step forward like you wouldn't have experienced before. So we had this, they sort of admitted, our simulation stuff before was good, but now this is real simulation as close as you're going to get it sat in your living room yeah and the the step was quite noticeable i think at that point from there onwards there's people who are doing uh simulator racing who are actually getting professional racing jobs well some of the formula one drivers have said haven't they they use they play formula one the game yeah but they say that's probably the closest thing to a real sport that you can get computer game wise, if you know what I mean. So, like, if you're playing FIFA, it's not the same as playing football. No, and th- and that's a good example actually. If you're playing FIFA for our listeners around the world, that's football or soccer. If you're in North America, but you're not going, you're going to see tricks, yeah, that you could then try and replicate. But it's not going to teach you how to play the game. It'll teach you the rules really, yes. really well because you're well, you have to be within them to play the yeah. game. Otherwise, you'll yeah. just keep fouling. Yeah. Um, but that's as close as you'll get. That's the most you can learn from it. Like what players do to get around each other and mm-hmm. the rules of it. And that's kind of... That's it, really. Yeah, you're not going to learn how to shoot accurately by getting a player using a D-pad no. and a button. Driving is really the only one. But with with, Formula, with the Formula 1 game, they say that that's, it's so good now. It's really it's, moved on. It's sort of equivalent. Obviously, you don't have the G-forces, but no. with controlling the car, yeah, it's the closest you're going to get to actually doing it for, for without people. doing it. Is it, is it Lando Norris that's big into... Uh, I think there's three of them. And there's Norris, Leclerc, Albon. They sort of did... They do their... Oh, what's the, I don't know what the streaming thing is. Sounds a bit like Switch. Uh, Twitch. Yeah, they yeah. do a lot of streaming on that. For, yeah. Um, when they play the games, I think. I will leave that one till the end because that's most recent. Yeah. But just stepping in sort of around 2015, I think that's where these games... Again, I think what you would learn from them is a track but in greater detail oh yeah i because, spent hours playing forza when it came out yeah and it's so, brilliant for example if you got put to silverstone track mm-hmm. okay uh and i said here's um a bmw m3 which we re- recently did a buyer's guide for the e92 bmw m3 on youtube if you want to check it out <laughs> sam loves it when i get in a little bit of a you manage you know, it every week it's quite yeah, impressive get a plug in there um but if I just put you in one of those cars and I said, right, Sam, it's an open day. They've just said, go round, you know, uh, see how fast you can go. Yeah. And I stood in the stands and put you in the car and you drove out onto the track. I don't think you'd have to learn. Like, I don't think you'd be lost. No, probably because not. you've driven around Silverstone on computer games so many times that... You'd know where you were going, yeah, for sure. So that's one big benefit of playing a computer game. Whether you would know... I'd be really interested to know, because they, again, they did this on Top Gear, but it was years ago, they did a Gran Turismo round Laguna Seca. Was, uh, oh, Jeremy one of the best tracks ever. Did it, yeah. And he did it on the computer game, and then he did it in real yes, life. Yes, they did, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. 
But of course, the technology at the time, this is why I thought we'd do a podcast on it, because the technology at that time was okay. Yeah, because he set a laptop on the PlayStation, and then he PlayStation 2, and then he tried to beat it in, real in life. the car, yeah. And there's certain aspects that you're better off. See, I, I still prefer, I know some people will say they prefer doing it on a game. They prefer doing the racing on a game because, A, you don't suffer the consequences of going too fast into a corner in an accident, which fair. is fair. But you also don't get that feedback. Like, the the, the steering wheel that I'm selling. Yeah. The one uh, that I so kindly bought you. Yeah. Between yeah. you and another friend, I think. I did ask <laughs> yeah, yeah. both of you if it was okay or something. Yeah, no, it's fine. But, yeah, I had this to play Formula One, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. But that has a force feedback. So there's actually belts yeah. behind... Like, when I had one of these steering wheel kits when I was 10, 11 years old, there was no feedback to it. It was no. like just connected as i turned mm-hmm. left and right it was very light it was the equivalent of if you've ever been in like a fiat city car they have this city steering button you press it you can use your little finger and you basically flick the steering wheel around like yeah. it's overpowered to, to what it needs so you'll you'll be able to get into any spot i actually i don't like that they have that function i know some people like it but to me it throws all feeling out of the steering yeah, which you don't want. No, and that's why on the early Sims, when you had that, you didn't really, you knew you had to turn the wheel, say, one, you know, a, a fifteen degrees left, yeah. and that would get you around the corner. But you had to memorize the degree of the turn that you were going to do, not the feeling as you went through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the things of the, the newer steering wheels is they have this force feedback. So if you are trying to force a car to go left into a corner and you've carried too much speed, and it's simulating that sort of um, uh, wash you would get across the ground. Understeer. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I want to say understeer, but I try to put it in a different way. But, yeah, yeah. Because understeer to me, as you're going into it, if it was, say, like a dipped curve, you won't, in the, like the real world physics of it, you'll understeer, but if you're in a banked curve, yeah, you, unless you've gone really fast, you won't fly off right, the other okay, end. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's like yeah. there's a bit of a wash feel, mm-hmm. which you're right is an understeer feel. Yeah. But you'll know it because you'll start to feel in cars that have good ste- you know, steering. And this is a question that's coming to newer cars with electronic steering racks and everything else. But you'll start to feel, oh, hold on. I'm turning this amount and the car doesn't seem to now be following that command. No. Now, in games, they simulate it well, but only from the steering wheel. Yeah, okay. What you would feel in the car is... You know, you'd feel it in your back, you'd feel it in your bum, you'd feel it in yes. your legs. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting, f- the physics are, are taking action on your body. Yeah. For that reason, I still prefer, and I still think there's more to be learned in the real world. Well, of course, you're never going to be able to replicate that feeling, regardless. No, there are some where you can have a, um, it's like a hydraulic ram underneath the Yeah, but seat. you won't get the G-forces. Of no, it sort of corner. throws you around. Yeah. But it, And obviously, I suppose throwing you around will put some G-load. But it won't put that weighted deal. No. Like if you hit brakes really hard, if anyone listening has ever had to emergency stop or they've been on a track, I did um, a C63 track there, some Mercedes C63. Mm-hmm. And I was going into this corner that is probably a 120 degree turn. So it's over a 90 degree. That's sort of, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're trying to imagine it in your head, uh, further than a right angle. Yeah. yeah. And there was like a flag at the side. And there was two. There was one if you were just sort of learning the track and then once you'd learned it, you'd go to the second flag. Okay. And you put the brakes, you know, 
solidly on, like as hard as you can get on, because you need to scrub as much speed before you start turning. The g-force on your body, you you feel your you know your head's dipping forward, yeah. your neck is having to actually work to hold your head up. Yeah, yeah. They, you can't replicate that on a game. No, of course you can't. And I find that very fun. That's to me the one of the most rewarding things. You get that that feeling, put it through your body, and you make it out the other end. But I understand some people just like the bit like throwing a dart they they just want the feeling of getting a perfect yeah. corner and that's what which is why people them. bought the nintendo wii yeah yeah, yeah there you go yeah <laughs> um so it's just i suppose a bit of a difference there but in the newer sim stuff i would say you could at least learn you know if you could learn say 30 percent of driving in early sims yeah you probably stepped up to maybe 50 percent once they become very realistic yeah i think that's fair then if we go on to newer stuff, okay, this is where I think there's a bit of a, a problem, is a lot of people on sim racing now do open wheel type car racing. And I think right. that actually takes you the, the other way. Okay. You get so used to a car that's able to turn faster than almost any road car you're going to realistically be able yeah, to afford to buy that you end up in a tree when you go to tesco's yeah like i had the formula one game which we can talk about now and i remember the one thing i got used to is you don't need to turn the, the steering wheel past i think 100 degrees so mm -hmm. that's sort of if you look at a steering wheel and you turn it till the badge is sideways which in a car you've got two full turns two locks each yeah. way i mean obviously you don't do that when you're driving along very often but you may need to turn it so that your your hands cross which you're taught not to do yeah in racing driving you're taught to do yeah and in your you're driving, supposed to feed it yeah which i don't no, what do you think of that, I rubbish. Like that. <laughs> yeah i i would prefer to, to so you do that on your test and that's it yeah that's true because they say it. they say don't let the steering wheels slide back through your hands either no so like well, if you come out of the corner but why wouldn't you yeah, I suppose they're you saying... Keep, it, you keep some friction on with your fingers, but you just let the car slide back to the natural middle. Why? I suppose they're saying that in case you hit a pothole and it darts yeah, the wheel the other way or something. Yeah. To me, I think if you've got mad. contact, like a solid contact with your hands on the wheel, even if you cross over, say you're then feeding it back round with your hands. Yeah. If you hit a pothole, you've got a solid grip. Yeah, I'd rather have that than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> weird. But what the one thing that the game taught me was I was getting very used to getting full lock with only a quarter turn. Of a steering wheel, yes, because that's how the game's played, and then you get into your regular car, and it feels like the steering is really loose, yeah, because you've got to turn so far to get <laughs> around a corner. And so, I think in some ways, if you're still doing Gran Turismo, then possibly it's still to an advantage, especially if you're trying to learn. If you own the car and you really want to go, for example, to Silverstone, mm -hmm. and you think, well, I want to make the most of my time there. I don't want to spend the first two hours just trying to learn. Right, that's this corner, that's that corner. This is roughly where I should start braking. Yeah. This is how much speed I can carry yeah. through you in this type of car. You can get all those sort of rough ideas with the game. I, I feel anyway. Some people may disagree with me and they think you can't because maybe you'll be braver in the game or whatever else. But I think I think you can learn braking points. And I think yeah, they're you fairly, learn the limits. Yeah, and I think they're fairly accurate. I think the sim racing stuff now is, um, has got fairly accurate. You just need to make sure you've got the right assists on. That's a good point, actually. Because if you're doing it with all the assists on, where you basically just hold the accelerator and does everything else for you, you can't do that in real life. No. And if you've got it turned on so that you're 
never going to lose traction and then yes. you start to lose traction for example you go to silverstone on a damp day you can have all your driver assist on the car on and depending on what age vehicle you've got it'll either start stepping in but it won't save you or if you're in some older stuff it will step in a little bit but actually um i remember driving the e46 m3 with the assists on mm -hmm. and when you were driving sort of nine tenths i i didn't like them on okay. because they were they were cutting in to to i i had a feel for how i was going around a corner and how i was driving and they were cutting in to stop say a slight a slide yeah but that slide was just at the entry point i already had a feel for it and I knew it wasn't gonna. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna fishtail the car out. And so I it's more throwing you off than it is. Yeah, helping. because it's trying to protect you. But in your head, do you know? If I've told you this a few times, I've been in the car with you, and there's two ways we can go down a road to get somewhere. Yeah, so usually when you're at a roundabout, isn't yeah. it? And, and you're I think expecting well, one exit. Yeah, yeah. Sam's gonna go straight on. I know he's gonna go straight on because that's the way we're going. And then he turns right. Yeah. And my head has travelled five yards down the road. Yeah. Of the it's other a horrible way. feeling. It is. And so I think that. Is kind of what happens if you're if you're preparing for oh okay I can I just feel I've got an ever so slight slide I'm just going to correct that obviously you're never going to be unless the weather's really poor on the road or something like that you're never going to be in that sort of situation where you've got the whole back end stepping out I understand that's where these driver aids come in they're to protect you when mm -hmm. you've misjudged it you've run out of talent the road surface is not as good as you thought it was and it's trying to stop you going into a tree it's very good for that the trouble is that the earlier systems, I'd say, of that era, maybe like early, early two thousands, the way they stepped in for me, I didn't like. It just no, it's too intrusive. Yeah, you've prepared yeah. yourself, and they they they're limited as to what they can do. Yeah, and the, what they're limited is right. Okay, let's slow them down. It's like yeah, but if you slow me down, the momentum is what's carrying me through the corner. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just turning into the arm car yeah. on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> I drove um. An Evo 8 years ago, which has the yaw control stuff on mm -hmm. it. And the whole point of that is, I remember talking to the guy who owned it. I was working with him at the time. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, go and, you know, have a go in it, see what you think. Yeah. He had said that the faster he drove it, the better it was, which is fair. But he said, but it's the car's ability was beyond him. Okay. And he he had owned... 600 horsepower gtr that he tuned up like he'd owned some serious stuff but he was like the problem was is you turn into a corner say if you turn into a a country lane road at 30 okay the car's like well i can do that all day long you do it at 60 you still do it absolutely fine you start breaking the law on speeds yeah the car gets around there better right because okay. it starts to say yeah well I, i'm going to use all these systems but the systems really for most unless you're trying to really hone it along a road which we don't advise go and take it to a track yeah but unless you are trying to do that they're not really there for that for that purpose they're you know they're for coming down a, a mountain road in japan yeah not for driving down the m6 no exactly <laughs> that yeah and so yeah he he did have a track day in it uh about six months after he owned it so after i'd driven it and he said his neck hurt you know he the because he got faster and faster throughout the day and the car was just reacting every time it was like okay well there's the system on board if you're going to try and now do 100 around this corner we can do it 110 120 to the point where he's like my neck hurts and yeah. he had to pull into the pits 
get out the car, <laughs> sit down. And he said he couldn't do it. He said it ru- didn't ruin his day because he'd had great fun. But that was the end of his day. Yeah. He realised if he went out again, his neck wouldn't hold him up anymore. Yeah, because you haven't done all the training. You, you don't realise all the training that racing drivers do. No. Daily to do yeah. that sort to of stuff. To make sure that... And so he owns some really fast cars. The difference was that their ability to get around a corner at that speed was more limited. Yes. And that was the first time he'd actually not found the limitation on on turning i'm sure it was there and he was probably near the edge of it but you know yeah um but that just shows that's one element where if he you know if you're driving on the game you'd be like oh you can do 130 around that corner like yeah you go and get in that guy's car yeah you go around that car (laughs) (laughs) around that corner um so i think that's those early systems would make it too intrusive and i think they would now they're better than ever. Yeah, I think and so. So if you're playing on the game and you set some of them to be on, just make sure that you're matching what you've got on in the game with what you'll have on in real yeah. life. Like if you're if, someone, that, if that's why you're using the game. Yeah, so some people will say they want to go to a track and turn everything off. Turn all the track control off, all the stability control. Of course, we know these systems never really fully turn off anymore. But yeah. as far as you can turn them off, because you want to have a bit of a slide, the whole point that you book the track day so you can do things that you can do that you can't do yeah. on the road, which is I go into um what's the corner, Sam Silverstone? It's you've you start line right, left, right, and then like a U-turn, and then there's a first DRS zone in Formula the One. The hanger straight. Before hanger straight. That straight. Yeah. You know the corner going into hanger straight. What's the first? No, the thing? hanger straight is after cop uh, maggots and beckets. Oh I think oh yeah, okay. Then you've got a right hander. Yeah, that's yeah. halfway around the track now, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're going into that corner. If you set it up on the on your game to have all the assists, mm-hmm. you're just going to go around the corner. If yeah, you then exactly. go in it with all your systems turned off and it's a bit damp, because that's quite a wide corner, you could actually get... You've got get, no chance. <laughs> and, and if you're good enough, you can get a little bit of tail out, mm-hmm. but you need to be prepared for that, because what will happen is you'll start seeing oncoming traffic very quickly, because yes. you would have spun <laughs> yeah. and be off the thing. Um, and then you do what you need to do every time and go and get a new wing. Yes, go in and get the yeah. Um, but no, from a point. So I think, at least for me and Sam, I don't know. You can say what your opinion on is on it, but I think you can learn tracks very well. You can certainly learn certain roads if there's road courses very well. And I think it takes you to a certain level of driving ability. But I don't think it's maybe for open wheel races maybe at that level because yeah. i know that formula one drivers use sims yeah and they have teams behind them and they say yeah they're faster once they come out of a sim there's a few formula one drivers lewis hamilton for years said he didn't use the sim because he didn't want to get used to you know the, yeah the way that or i say he didn't use it it's just he wasn't relying on it for more information he would rather rely on what he found in the first practice session than and, and go off that data yeah um, I think most people are going to turn up to a track in like an M3 or something similar yeah. or a track day where they've, they're doing what I did, where you sort of get given three or four yeah. cars. Well, they might have something cheap, like a, you know, like a cheaper BMW 3 Series. Yeah. Some of it like an RX-8. I know people would be like, RX-8, but yeah, that's a great track car. But then the engine works. You, you'd potentially play on the game and think, well, I know this. I'll use the car that I'm going to use and I'll, I'll do it on the game and I'll, I'll be brilliant and I'll turn up and I'll, I'll smash everyone. But on the game, you're always going to want to use a faster car as well while mm. you're playing the game. And then you feel like, oh, well, 
child's play using this M3 because I've been around yeah. it in a in a Koenigsegg or a yeah. Bugatti. Yeah. Which is fine on the game. Yeah. But then when you turn up there and think, it works fine, I went around here in the Ferrari at 120 mile an hour. And you're trying it at 90 in your BMW and you're in a wall. Yes. So I, I, I personally wouldn't say, it, like you said, good for learning the track and you know the corners mm. and you know like what the, the runoffs are like and all this sort of stuff. But I wouldn't use it as a, well, I've done this in a 114 here, so I will be able to do a 114 mm. when I go there in real life. Do you know what? I didn't think about the runoffs. That's a really good point. It's good to know where, because that, if you know where all the runoffs are on the track, you know where you can be a little bit more adventurous, if you like. Yeah, as or if, where you'd need to bail out. Yeah, as if, oh, I've lost it. I know there's a big runoff here. Let me yeah. go down there and mm-hmm. let me just swallow my pride for a minute. I'll come back round and, and yeah, give it another instead go. instead of just binning it into a gravel trap. Yeah, whereas if you know there is no runoff here, you probably don't go into it quite so. No, you go into it at eight tenths yeah, instead of you nine know and a half. If you mess up, well, it's going to be a recovery truck home and a big bill. Yes. And, uh, yeah, you probably don't want that. No. <laughs> that's, that's Especially the... if you're at the Nürburgring. Because have we spoken about that before? What? The people... prices of oh, crashing the at the Nürburgring. What is the... Re... Do you know what they are? I don't know. Oh, maybe we'll speak about it on another podcast. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, don't, I couldn't remember. I thought I didn't know if it was you that had told me, but it might have been a video I watched on Facebook where it detailed how much it will cost you if you crash at the Nürburgring. Yeah, and it's, yeah. We're talking into the thousands. Yeah, it's expensive. And that's not including the repairs of your car that's just to get your car off the track and i suppose also you might have damaged the track you might have damaged well the arm they car charge you to repair any armco yeah so if you crash you're more than likely going to hit a barrier of some sort yeah so they'll charge you for that they charge you just just for the retru- recovery truck to come out yeah then they charge you for actually collecting you with the recovery truck they have to slow the car down yeah. have to get they a charge you for that there. for the marshal's time they charge you for the flags they're using they charge you for everything mm. we're talking into the thousands before you're even off the track yeah, I so suppose this is probably why if you go there, you probably want to go there in something that isn't too high value to yeah. you. And yeah. you know, to some people, not high value is a brand new GT3. To other people, not high value is a five hundred pound mini. Yeah, so you exactly. know, whatever to you is not high value, but at least then you just go, well, that car's finished. At least I don't have to tow it home yes. to another country because I've, I've got to pay, pay a massive the, I've bill. I've just got to pay the four grand to get it off yeah. the track. Um, that's a really good point, actually. I but I think you get charged by the minute. If you if they have to close the track, you get charged by the minute of what it's closed. Yeah. And but also I'll try and find the information out for another You also podcast. need insurance to go along there because as most insurance policies will say, the uh, the Nordschleife is not, specifically, the Nordschleife is not covered. No. Along with a couple of other places that insurance companies have realised. Which is not, fair. <laughs> not many people are having huge accidents half a mile from this track on the 60 mile an hour road nearby. No. <laughs> they, they, they've clocked onto that. Um, interestingly, you know the new, um, I say new, it's been out for quite a while, but the Hyundai i30N. Uh-huh. When you buy one of those, the first three years of the warranty covers you for track use. Yes, I think you've mentioned this before. Have I mentioned yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just want, I only want to say it because I think there's a few car manufacturers that have said that they will cover but they're they're quite limited and there's a few people that have gone on you know they've put images on social media of them racing their car yeah the you know something has gone a a, a piston's Mm -hmm. blown itself through the top of the engine through the bonnet and landed in the southern hemisphere yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but whatever it is they've been recovered to the dealer and the dealer has said well your the manufacturer won't cover you because we can see you're at a track day every week because yeah. you put it on your social media. And this is why 
there is a, a general advice piece that says probably share it with your friends via messaging. Don't don't stick it on your socials. Yeah, even if you've got one of those i30ns, for example, where it says the warranty covers you. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. Yeah, you, like not many people are going to be that interested unless you're a big YouTuber or something, and you're you know, yeah. And we know that insurance companies or any sort of warranty people, they're always going to try and look for a way out yeah. of paying you. So and they'll say yes, it's covered under a track, but uh, if you read the small print written by probably our friend, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it says here that if you do more than you know eighty shifts at red line, or you know, they'll be they, they yeah. protect themselves. Or something. There'll extent. be something low. Yeah, but the 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 headline is we cover you for track days, and they'd be like, if you've done more than four miles, yeah, in yeah, a, in a twelve month period, yeah, then because, you're not covered. Which is, I suppose, the thing is, I find it actually very remarkable when manufacturers give any protection for anything but the, what they have to. Yeah, because there's people who listen to this podcast, who watch car media. Um, there's people who are interested in vehicles that. They know when to have a bit of mechanical sympathy. Mm -hmm. They know when to, you know, when a car's getting very hot. There's a load of things they're they're aware of, of cars. And also, they're probably a bit of a better driver to begin with because they're interested in it, so they're actively trying to make themselves better. Then there's someone who, friend down the pub, said, this is the best car you can buy. (laughs) And they've walked into a dealer and the dealer said, oh yeah, we can get you out of your car and into this one for a monthly payment you're happy with. And by the way, you have, uh, cover for track and this person doesn't know how to use a manual gearbox yeah and they've, they've gone straight to a track they haven't you know uh, bedded in anything <laughs> you know the brakes everything are just straight into the first corner yeah. at 100 miles an hour and they broke it and they go back to the dealer and the dealer's like yeah okay we'll call up the manufacturer and they did say they were going to cover you as in they'll cover everyone even though we know you were always going to break this thing because you know yes so, I, yeah, I do find that a bit remarkable when they come out and sort of say, yeah, anyway. But you need to be careful, like we said, because they will always try and find a way around it. Yeah, of course. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing more really to be said about it. That's any type of cover, isn't it? They Yeah, well, it's, it's just natural for companies, isn't it? They're going to obviously protect themselves. Unfortunately, as well, there's a lot of people who will... Um, I had this when I was working with automotive parts for a little while. There's people that will come and try and get a refund on a part, for example, that we can see they have broken. Yeah. As in, they've been hitting it with a hammer for 15 minutes to try and make it fit. It was the wrong part to begin with that they ordered wrong because they gave the wrong information. And now that they've been hitting it with a hammer and broken it and broken it so badly that they, A, can't fit it to their car and now it's got a hole in it. Yeah. And they come in and say, this was uh, broken when I picked it up. Like, was it? It had a hammer hole in the side of it, did it? Okay, we can... We'll try for we'll have a look, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. I had that once. A guy he called up, gave a oh, this will we'll end the podcast with this story because it's just a bit okay. of a, just a bit. Of I've a got thing. I've got something I can add okay, afterwards. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll end with Sam's story then in a yeah. minute. But he called up, gave some details for a car, and it was if you remember Sam when I had my first car. It was like a 1.6 Astra. Mm-hmm. I think it was 1.6. It might have been a 1.8. It was a 1.6. Was it? Okay. And you could have it with either an 8-valve engine or a 16-valve. Just at the time, that was, you know. Yeah. And I can't remember. I had one of them. I probably had the lower one for insurance. Just the Yeah, quite possibly. But uh, there were times when you could actually have something where it was the same size engine, but there was some difference. Mm-hmm. 
So this guy called up, gave a number plate, and he said he needed this part. And I said, oh, well, uh, you're giving me a part that doesn't fit that car. Right. So you've given me the information of the car. And then he said he's then looked and found the cheaper part to fit. Okay. And I've explained to him the reason that part is cheaper is it's for the lower powered version of that engine that isn't your one. You need the other one. And mm-hmm. he thinks I'm just trying to rip him off and make him pay more. And I'm like, no, no, look, um, you can enter your... And I explained to him how I was doing it, which was a, re- it was a bit intricate. You have to get the registration, get the VIN number, put the VIN number into an international system. The system then pulls up the data of the car. From that, you can then pull up the engine number yeah. that matches the VIN, put that into a, a, another big international part system, and it will match you every part number that is made by any main manufacturer. Yeah. I was like, so, to tell you from doing this for you, just takes me one minute, will take you all day, because we just have the systems, we've mm-hmm. paid for them, um, that this is, you don't need that part, you need this one. So he insisted, no, fine. What can I do more than that? Well, you've told him. If I've he wants him. to buy that, he wants to buy that. So I said, okay, but just so you know, you have to pay to return this, because it was being shipped out. Oh, okay. So I said, just so you know, you know, you have to pay to ship it back. I, that's why I'm trying to advise you of this, because the cost difference for you to ship it back would have made it cheaper for you to just get the more expensive one in the first place, which is the right one. Yeah. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Fine. Sent it. 24 hours later. <laughs> phone call. We've, we've shipped it out in less than a day. We've yeah. done our part. Speaks to my colleague who then is like, oh, that's really odd that they sent you that part. That's the wrong part. And this guy's, yeah, I know it's the wrong part. It's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But my colleague knows I was quite meticulous and would make sure, whereas a few people I worked with maybe weren't, so they just wanted to get the part out. Yeah. They're like, did you really send this wrong part? And I said, no. You can see on the note that I've put on the invoice, customer demanded this part. (laughs) So if we send it wrong, we'll pick it up for free. Yeah, of course. If we send it, because that happens sometimes, you know, you... You send, even if I could just send a quick email to the uh, to the warehouse, can you send this one out? And they pick up the wrong box. Well, I had it with my car that I actually took to that company you worked for. They changed oh, yeah. the um, cam belt and the water pump. Yeah. But the water pump was faulty. Yeah. And I broke down five minutes after so I'd left. Come and pick you <laughs> but up. But they came and picked me up and they sorted and, me out with recovery. And... Yeah. And, they, and it was just, you know, unfortunate it's a bad part. They fitted the part not knowing it's bad because, of course, there's no way from the outside of telling no. the faulty part. Ordered in the, a new one. Fitted it, job done. So I then spoke to the guy. I was like, I spoke to you yesterday and I told you, no, I've never spoke to you in my life. <laughs> like, well, here's the information I have. This is your number plate. This is your name. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is the invoice. Uh, big argument. Uh, I, I was very surprised at someone, but some people are like that. So what, but the only reason I tell that story is because there are people out there like that that will go and buy that car with that warranty for a track day do yeah. something ridiculously stupid and then try and claim they didn't do that. Yeah, I entered it into the WRC. Yes. And now my car's upside down its roof. I, want it, I want it paid claim. for in a warranty. Yeah. Your A pillars and B pillars have failed while yeah. I was just driving at 60. Yeah. But it's on its roof on a WRC Yeah, course. exactly, precisely. Yeah. The tyres failed. Yeah. And I ended up <laughs> upside down, 15 miles <laughs> off the road yep. onto a WRC track upside down. Yes. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? Wouldn't surprise me if someone but made it. But that links into what I'm going to say on. as the last thing now, which actually is going to be an ongoing segment, Ooh. potentially. So we had, so those people make it hard, and I can foresee what's going to happen for peop, 
for genuine people when they have an issue. Yeah. So we bought a new, a new lawnmower at work. Um, I didn't get it from the company that I wanted to get it from. The, the, the man in charge of the money at that time, he ordered it from the cheapest. Co- well, it wasn't even the cheapest. He ordered it from a company, but it's down in Sussex. So okay. it's below London. So it's two hours away. Oh, I think you've told me the first part of this story. So it arrived yeah. in a box and we opened it and yeah. it, it worked fine. I used it for the first day we used it and then we hadn't, done, we hadn't needed it for whatever reason for a couple of weeks. So I used it maybe last week, the week before last. And underneath the engine, there's the, the front rocker cover, mm-hmm. which has got a gasket inside it. Mm-hmm. It's just a little chamber where there's you know, obviously some internal workings of the engine. Yeah. But I noticed when I finished, there's a bit of oil on the front of the lawnmower. And I definitely have told you this because we talked about it on my stag do you, last you told me, Yeah, you told me the first part Such of it. Such a wild stag do we were talking <laughs> yeah. about my lawnmower. <laughs> you can tell how, how wild Sam stagged it and that he wants it to be when you're talking about lawnmowers during it. But I haven't heard the rest of this story. No. So, so I'm listening to the same time as the listeners. So I waited for my colleague to come back who used to work in the RAF and he did a load of mechanics. I mean, I could do this myself, but I thought, well, you know, you use people to their strengths. I'll wait for him to come back. I'll run it past him what my thoughts are, what I was going to do. Yeah, because what I don't want to do, I don't. I wanted to try and fit sort it ourselves. I'm like, this must be a basic problem. It's yeah. just got a slight oil leak. I know where the oil is coming from. I don't want to call them up. They'll drive out and collect it, or we'll have to send it to them. Then they'll have a look at it themselves. Then they'll decide what they're going to do. I'm going to be without this bit of kit for at least two weeks at this point. Yeah, and like, if we can fix it ourselves, I can go out tomorrow or later today. Yeah, yeah. So he comes back, chat to him. I say, look, this is where it's coming from. It's coming from the front rocker cover gasket think that's it's either mis uh, it's either failed it's mispositioned it's slightly diff, uh, defective we take it off it's a rubber gasket so like brilliant so that's good because it's not likely to fail maybe it's just been positioned wrong or it's got a slight bit of oil on the back of it that's created a flow or maybe it's not tight enough so we tightened up the the front cover for the mm-hmm. gasket the gasket cover yeah um and then still not still leaking Okay. So and then yesterday we took it all apart again. We cleaned it. We dried it. We put the gasket back in. We got a nut because what it was is that there was a it's a it's a tin plate effectively. Yeah. With this gasket's inside, it's just a tin sort of cover. Are you reusing the same gasket every time? Yeah, but it's a rubber gasket, so yeah, okay. It's not like it's one of the paper ones that you used yeah, to get. Okay. So, but it was just four screws that were holding it in without a but without a it wasn't a nut and bolt. It was just a screw. Okay. So yeah. he said, right, well, let's try and swap it out for nuts and bolts. I said, I don't want to, like, he said, we could get some that are slightly bigger than the hole and then we'll sort of get them in there and then it will create a tighter seal. I said, I'd rather not because if we do have to send it back, they can say, well, you've tried to fix this and you've broken right, it. Right, yeah, yeah. So we put the right size nut and bolts on, tightened it, even worse. Oil's just flowing out when we turn it on now. Well, I suppose the, in the a rubber... Ste- say flowing f- out is a steady, <laughs> a steady stream. <laughs> yeah. But more oil than you'd, well, any is more than you'd want. But this is... On a new machine as well. So yeah. it's turned out that I've said, look, put it back. Let's put it back how it was. We'll yeah. put the screws back in, which is a stupid design anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'll have to email the company. But I can, I'm setting it up for, we'll do weekly updates as we go yeah. along. Or whenever I get updates. But I can see what's going to happen now. People like the people you've just spoken about mm-hmm. have caused a, a society of distrust where they're like, well, you've broken it. Mm. Like this lawnmower's yeah. done less. That it's not even, when you get a new lawnmower after five hours working, you change the oil. Because it's delivered okay. with like transit like oil, like a running oil. Yeah, it's not even reached that yet. It's probably done three hours. Okay, interesting. It shouldn't it be hours. leaking. Yeah. At I mean, this it's point. the way it's the way a lot of machines um, work. It's just some people might not know. Yeah, 
that yeah you know, it's, like it's done by of... hours use so, yeah it's not got a i mean a lot of ride on machines obviously will have a, a digital clock on it and tell you yeah. how many hours you've done yeah you just sort of keep a, keep a tab i just no, i just think it might be interesting for some of our listeners that have only ever looked at a car because they have an odometer for how many miles yeah. they've driven Whereas a lot of machines... They're done on hours. They're done on pretty hours. Pretty much exclusively. And a lot of um, larger heavy goods vehicles are generally looked at. They'll have a, they'll have miles on them. Yeah. But they'll also look at how many hours the engine's Oh, with, with ride-on uh, lawnmowers and stuff, it's pretty much exclusively done on hours. Yeah, okay. Because it's how many hours it's been on for. It yeah, because it could have just been you, idle. You could, yeah. yeah, you could have just been driving to a job for four miles and yep. not had the blades engaged, at yeah, which yeah. point you don't... It's not going to be as under as much stress. No. But, yeah, so we'll keep you updated as and when I get any updates on this, but where the current position is, the lawnmower's unusable. Well, it's not unusable. I could just keep using it and keep putting oil in it, and it would be fine. Putting oil But I'd rather ground, not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've emailed the company, waiting for a response, so I shall update you as and when I get responses. It's a good point that you made about the society of distrust, because I suppose businesses sometimes want to get out of this. Well, that's what they want to do. Yeah. So they, otherwise they they've got create... to send me another 1,500 quid lawnmower. So. Yeah, so they create distrust on their end. People try and fiddle them over by breaking stuff and then trying to make it on a warranty claim. So then mm-hmm. they distrust the customer. It, it's a bit of a sorry state of affairs, really. But then, but it leaves people like me with a genuine... Yeah, I'm not I'm not angry with them. I didn't send them a, no, no. an angry email. It's just, I, we bought this from you. It's done three hours work and it's failed. Can we come up with a solution? Yeah. It's that unfortunate But also, thing, just as a side note, away. how extortionate is 1,500 quid for a lawnmower nowadays? Yeah. Up from about 11 or 12, up to about 15 now. Where's the, do you know do you know where the machine comes from? Like what part of the world it's manufactured? So the engine is made by Briggs and Stratton, which is an American company. Okay. And the chassis is made in Wiltshire. Oh, interesting. Because it's Hater, which yeah. is a British company. They do make they make the chassis here. The and engines are shipped US over. Engine. Weirdly, so it's the, a Cobra. It's an AC Cobra. Weirdly, the engine has a sticker on the side of it that says this engine has been tested and guaranteed for EU emissions laws. You can't use it in America. Oh, so they make well. they make engines that they can't use in the country they're made in because they don't meet their specific standards or their emissions laws or right. whatever that wouldn't meet. It might be noise, it might be emissions, it might be whatever. Yeah, but it does meet what we require. I think this is because, and we could we'll um, we'll leave it on this one because I'm sure you'll have more updates for us. Yeah, yeah, I think this is because the way it's targeted is different. Uh, the EU has always concentrated heavily on carbon emissions. Yeah, and I think the US looks at other emissions and that's why diesels were very difficult to get into the US because yes, one of okay, the emissions yeah. I it might be carbon monoxide it might be um nitrogen oxide right. there's something that the US look at more than they're looking at carbon and for whatever reason the EU concentrate on carbon it's quite interesting that you've got two huge parts of the world yeah um Europe that they and just the US, won't meet on <laughs> yeah that you know similar very well developed areas of the world that have this different view on something like emissions like that. But anyway, yeah, that'd be good if you can keep us updated with that. Yes, just, just to I know how, how smoothly it goes. But the unfortunate thing is, like anything, like if you bought a car from a distance, it's always a bit awkward when it the problem happens and then you've got to try and get them yeah. to come and it, to it's you. No, or... It's no one's fault at no, the end no. of the day. It's, it's, it's just something that's happened. Parts will fail all the time. And unfortunately, we've just got a Friday lawnmower yeah. that was made in the afternoon before someone went home and it just, you know, it's not working. But... Do you know, on that saying of Friday. Yeah. So I always use the Friday afternoon one. Yeah. That's to me. But I've heard people say the Monday morning. And to me, it's that's the opposite. But Yeah, you think that's people, when you're really ready to go at your yeah, job. Yeah, but then I got it. Some <laughs> people said, well, Monday morning is when no, you know, everyone's been off for the weekend. They've come in blurry-eyed. And no, I prefer not the Friday the first one. Nah. But I, I, yeah, I prefer the still, you know, the one where everyone's thinking, oh, 
I'm knocking off in about an hour's time. Yeah, just, I just need to get this bit yeah, done. This, so let's just chuck this in. Yeah, right, done. I'm off. You know. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will. Uh, I say it's, we're still doing weekly just at the moment. We will go back to the the two a week. But Sam is as this comes out, I think a couple of weeks away Ooh, from getting it's like going forwards in time. Mm. I hope I've lost the weight I need to lose by then. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're having to record them sort of together a little bit because we're very aware that Sam's. Uh, first he's getting married and then he's going all the way to Mexico. Yeah. Makes it very difficult to do a podcast. So there might not be a hater update for a couple of podcasts because we're going to record a couple this afternoon. Yeah. So. But then you'll suddenly get one. Yeah, you so suddenly get loads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Cheers. Cheers.